Welcome to today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light. Sun, Salt, and Light, S-O-N, knowing and growing in your daily relationship with Jesus Christ, but also being the salt and the light in your marriage, in your family, at your place of work, at your church, and even in the community you're in. I'm Pastor Michael Petit. This is a radio ministry of our church, Calvary Chapel Divine, here in Divine, Texas. We are so glad that you joined us for today's broadcast. We are a Calvary Chapel, so we simply teach the Bible verse by verse, chapter by chapter. We believe that God uses His Word to transform, restore, and to change lives one verse at a time. If you're visiting our area, you'd like to get information about our church or church service times, maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts, you can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. If you have your Bibles open, today we'll be in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, verses 20 through 24. The title of this sermon is, A Transformed Life in Christ. Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. There's a fire. You put the fire out. Kids died. That's demonic. You have, you have people trying to buy land and acquire the land and the bodies have not even been picked up out of the ground yet. What is wrong with us in Minneapolis? You can go to the art studio, downtown Minneapolis, and cast and call out demons for your family. It was a family event. And they want you to know who those demons are so you can use them in your life. This is happening. So I don't look at a president as a problem. I don't look at a Congress or a Senate as a problem. I see a demonic problem in the United States. And I'm asking the questions, where are the Christians at? If the mountains shake and the demons flee, what are we doing? Are we praying? Are we asking these things to be cast out? Are we asking for the truth of God's word to go out? If I am, as a pastor, to teach you that you're supposed to learn Christ, you hear of Him, you've been taught by Him, and you know the truth that is in Jesus Christ. And let me tell you something. They can take your freedom, because they will try to at some point, but they cannot take the truth from you. They can take your Bibles, but they cannot take Jesus Christ from you, who resides in you. That's the truth. They can't separate me from that. Kill me, stone me, whatever you want, but my body doesn't end here. My soul goes on to heaven. Fine. But do we have that understanding that that's how we follow Jesus? Are we willing to do that? Because we have what we have happening now is we have a lot of just fans of Christ. We have fans of Christ. We have people attending churches like Transformation Church in Oklahoma City. The guy is not teaching biblically. The guy is cursing on stage. The guy is tossing, making it rain on stage, calling Jesus a stripper. And it's the biggest growing church in America. And they're fans. They're lost. They're not being taught the Word of God. They're not being taught the truth of Christ. This is what's happening in our world today. We are called to be followers of Christ. We are to walk in the light, to walk away from the dark understanding of the futile mind. He tells us in our second point, 
transformed life by putting off the old man. He says that you put off concerning your former conduct the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lust. To put off, to cast aside. And the concern in the former conduct to stop doing the things that displease God. That's as blunt as I can say it. If you know what displeases God, stop. Okay? Because he's talking about the corrupt. That What he's talking about is, is that corrupt thing that you're carrying is a de- decomposing body. You, you keep trying to put on the old man. And that thing is dead. You got your shovel out, you done dug it up, and you're carrying it around again. That's why Paul says in your former conduct, in, in Galatians chapter 1, verse 3, he says, Have you heard of my former conduct in Judaism? How I persecuted the church beyond measure and tried to destroy it. He's, Paul is saying, that's who I used to be. I'm not that no more. Paul wasn't that anymore. And that's how we should be. It's like we, I love Paul's life because, you know, people like Daniel in the Bible, from the beginning of his life to the end of his life was a man of God. You want to look at a great example of a young man? That's a great example of the Bible. Peter's a great example because we're a lot, a lot of us have Peter in us, right? We do. But he, he was a follower of Christ. He was a follower of Christ. And so our former conduct should be no longer. That old you should be gone. And, and there should be no deceitful lust. That's what you get deceived by. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. In 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 9, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Stop walking back to the darkness. Like, what else do you need to know? To, do you need affirmation from God? You're, you're a chosen generation. You're a royal priesthood. You're his own special people. And he's using you to proclaim his praises to this world. And yet, you were called out of darkness, but you keep walking back to the darkness. Walk in his marvelous light. In Romans chapter 6, verse 4, Therefore we buried with him through baptism and uh, and to death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. And then Romans chapter 6, 6, Knowing this, that the old man was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. So we need to crucify the old self. And we need to stop wandering in disobedience. You are called to walk a walk worthy of the calling that which you were called. Stop thinking of the old ways and start allowing the Holy Spirit to guide your life. When I think of my life and I think of how hopeless my life was, I can tell you there were many times that I thought that I could control my emotions and my feelings and my behaviors. And guess what? Any of us can do that for a period of time. I'll stop drinking, right? We can do it for a period of time, but you can only do it through the power of the Holy Spirit to give it up completely. It's the power of the Holy Spirit that allows us to walk away from these things, to put off the old. It's to understand, like, the way that I did things for 39 years, I know how that ends. And he's telling you, don't walk in those things anymore, to put those things off. 
Don't go back to the train crash. Don't revisit it. Walk in the newness of life, being ruled by the Spirit of God. So as we, as we look at walking in the Spirit and, and understanding that we cast those old things off, in Galatians chapter 5, verses 19 through 26, it says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contention, jealousy, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambition, dissension, heresy, envy, murder, drunkenness, reveries, and like of which I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in the time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is joy, uh, love, joy, peace, suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such thing there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So he says if we live in the Spirit, let's walk in the Spirit. And he also said, we went over this verse in Timothy as we talked about the last days, and it gives you this long list of sin and things that should be cast off, but there's a, pro- a, a portion of that scripture. In 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 4, it says, Traitors, headstrongs, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God, having the form of godliness but denying his power, and from such people turn away. Paul is also talking about here the church. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having the form of godliness but denying its power. So there will be people that have the form of godliness but they deny its power. They know all the things that they need to say. And they act like everything's... And they can even serve in the church. But you'll always know by their conduct. And Paul is saying you need to be careful of these things. Because people will go back to the old person. And they know what it is to be walking in the flesh. So we are to put off the flesh. Ephesians chapter 5 verses 3 and 4 says, But fornication, uncleanliness, and covetousness, let, none, let, let it not even be named among you, as either filthiness, nor foolish talking, nor court jesting, which are not fitting, but rather giving of, of thanks. <clears throat> He's like, don't even let these things be named among you. Why? Because you've been crucified with Christ. These things should be dead. We are to, to put off the works of the flesh, but God's Word and the Holy Spirit. And I think that's the thing we have to ask ourselves is, is when somebody has a transformed life and they've actually put away that old life, there should be three things that happen. There should be a sudden awakening. You know how the prodigal son... And Luke chapter 5, verse 17 says, but when he came to himself, like he gets to that moment and he, he just comes to himself and he's like, I need to go home. I need to go back to my father. There's a sudden awakening. There's a brutal honesty. But then there's an immediate action. He actually walks away from that life. He walks away from that life and he, and he, and he it's the word of God and the Holy Spirit that brings those three things into our lives. So as we look at things that we are to put off, to be transformed, to be renewed, in verse 23 it says, and being renewed in the spirit of mind. When I read that, I immediately think of Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. 
And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. See, if I'm a living sacrifice for God, I'm, I'm not just a fan, I'm a follower. I'm willing to die for God. He tells me that I'm supposed to crucify myself, I'm supposed to die daily, right? Are we willing to do that? Are we willing to understand that you're going to go through trials and tribulations and struggles, that you're going to go through unhappiness, that you're going to be marked and mocked and martyred, possibly martyred? We have to understand, like, we have the issue that we have today with the followers of Christ is that we either have transformers or performers and conformers. They're either conformed to the world They've accepted things like abortion and gender identity. Let's fly the pride flag in front of the church. They've accepted socialist and Marxist ideas, which is crazy because uh, if, you're, if you read Marxism and you read the book, uh, eventually religion is going to get removed because they can't have you believing or having hope in something. But 39% of Christians accept Marxism now. What is wrong with us? That was in a Barner survey recently. They want to remove the patriarchy of the house. A man should not lead. A man should not be the head of the home. They don't want that. They believe in worshiping creation over the creator. Why do they do that? Because then they're God. I'm God then. I can do what I want. And you see a culture today that is doing exactly whatever they want. Whatever whim that floats their boat. And what's sad is when we see even that thing in Minneapolis, they're using ancient Babylonian practices to, to call on demonic forces. Do you not think when you read the Old Testament, did you ever think that some of that stuff would come back to today? Ancient Babylonian practices. That stuff's happening today. And the church has been hypnotized by performers and conformers. They don't want to rock the boat. They want the thousand, the 30,000 person church, right? They don't want to give the truth of His Word. See, you are a transformer. The world does not mold you. God does. You're the clay. He's the potter. The world should not be molding you. If the world is molding you, you need to wake up and you need to step back and you need to ask God to forgive you and you need to get back to following Him. See, the world wants to control your thinking. God, God should be the one who's in, in control of your thinking. As a transformer, that's what should be happening. We aren't supposed to be some cheap imitation of Christ. We're not going to allow the customs and the things of this world to come into the church. If we let God conform a, a, our, our, our worldview, then we'll follow the world. But to be a transformer is, is to allow that new person, that new creation of, of Jesus Christ to reside in you, to be the light of this world, and you start transforming the minds of the people around you with the Word of God. Because you've been taught, you've been learned, and you heard of Jesus. And because you've been with Him, they know you've been with Him. Because you're a transformer of Jesus Christ. You're no longer practically living a, 
uh, a life for this world, but you're actually applying the Word of God in your life, and, and your life is controlled by the biblical worldview, meaning that the lens of, the, of your life is controlled by the Bible. That's how I look at this world, is through the lens of the Bible. And I know what I'm not supposed to do and what I should be doing as a transformer. We bring light to a very dark world. As a church, we are to be known as transformers. We're to be known as our, our beliefs in Christ, but we are also to be known for the truth of Christ, which means I can tell you what a woman is. I can tell you that sexual morality, whether it's with a man and a man or a woman and a woman or outside wedlock, is all sexual morality. It's a sin. But as a transformer, I love you and I want you to come to church. I want God's word to wash over you. And you make the decisions that you need to make with Jesus. Because I know if you sit in here and you are hearing the word of God, not my coughing, but you hear the word of God, God's word is going to transform your life. We're transformers. We stand on biblical principles in this church. We have a biblical worldview in this church. We are to be known by our love and our boldness to share the gospel with Jesus Christ. We don't want to be just a church that's transformers, but we want marriages that are transformers for Christ and families that are transformers for Christ. We want that hypocritical thing you always hear. I, man, I, I know a Christian. I, they say they're a follower, but they're not really following. You want something different. You want to go, when they go to that church, it's weird, it's small. Pastor's always sick. He's coughing all the time. But they teach the Word of God there. And the people there are very loving. And there's something different. That's what you want to be known for. That's why he's telling you to put all those things off so that you can move forward to put on the new. And the last point we have is transform life, putting on the new man. And that you put on the new man which was created according to God in the true righteousness and holiness. And so to put on the new man is to put off sin. To put off sin. You've been saved by grace through faith. And now you are partakers of the divine nature of Christ. And 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 4 says, By which you have been given to us an, a, a, a exceedingly great and precious promises that though these you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. He's like, because you're a, a divine partaker, you're escaping these other things of the world. Do you understand that? When, like when you're walking with God, you're escaping these other things that used to pull you away. See, you can have willpower to try to stop drugs or porn or alcohol or to control your anger, but there will always be that vacuum in your heart that's only filled by Jesus Christ. Because I love, there's a verse in Matthew chapter 12, I won't read the whole thing because of time, uh, but in Matthew chapter 12, verses 43 through 45, if y'all get time to read it today, it's awesome, because he talks about how there was this unclean spirit in this man, right? And he leaves, the unclean spirit leaves. And he says, then he says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when he comes, he finds it empty, swept, and put in order. That's you and your willpower, right? Everything looks good. I stopped drinking. It's been six months. I'm not looking at porn. It's been five months. But listen to what it says in verse, uh, verse uh, 40, 45. 
Then he goes and takes him with him seven other spirits more wicked than himself, and they enter and dwell there. And the last state of the man is worse than the first. Why does that happen? Because that person doesn't know Jesus Christ. They can be demonically possessed. They can be enticed back into the alcohol or back into the porn or back into the anger that turns into wrath. All those things can happen, but Jesus has the power to overturn those things. When you put on the new, it's not you just cleaning up things. It's the Holy Spirit that takes residence in you. It's the Holy Spirit that empowers you. In Philippians chapter 2, verse 5, it says, Let this mind be in you, which is, was also in Christ Jesus. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 5 through 9, Let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, that the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. We think this is just one for prayer, don't we? Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are loving, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue, if there is anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. These things which you've learned and received and heard and saw <coughs> in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. I love that because he says, these things you do. You do these things. You meditate on these things because you've learned them just as you learned Christ. And I love that he says, which was created according to God. Remember, he says, you walk worthy of the calling of which you were called. God already knew. God knew that was coming. You had to make the decision. You had to choose to follow. But he says that you're created according to God in what? In true righteousness and holiness. So if you've been crucified with Christ, are you still living like the old? Do you have the shovel out? I can tell you, I have seen people that have given their lives to Jesus and within that have walked away from alcohol. Never had a drink since. Why? Because they fill the vacuum with Christ with Jesus they start walking with God they start walking a worthy walk they start learning Christ and somebody comes alongside to them and starts discipling them and then the next thing you know through that part that that piece of discipleship what happens is that person starts serving in church and that person's given the chair of ministry for youth Calvary Chapel Albuquerque Joe went up there and he said I don't know what to do I just want to help and so Pastor Pete looked at him and said you know what Joe, you got the gift of helps. Push all the benches aside, put all the chairs out. When youth is over, pull all the benches out, put all the chairs up. And Joe did that for some time until he started driving the truck or the vehicle for the youth when they would go to camp. And from that, he started serving with the youth and became the youth pastor. And then the children's ministry pastor for Calvary Chapel, Albuquerque, which has over 15,000 people that attend that church. And then one day, Skip said, we're going to send you out. We want you to plant. And Joe came to San Antonio. And Joe took everything that he was discipled and he learned and he was taught about Christ. And he started sharing it through the Word of God to that congregation, to that church who used to meet at an apartment, little room, eventually a garage. That church has been going for over 30 years now. And Joe hasn't had a drink since 1981, 82, when he gave his life to Christ. 
because the power of Christ filled the vacuum and took that desire away from him, along with the gambling, which is a deadly combination to have alcohol and gambling. Those are two really rough ones to get. And because of his obedience and him teaching the word of God, that's the man who discipled me. God has so much more than you think planned for your life. So much more. Are you going to be a transformer for this world? Those boys, those girls that you're raising right now may be the next Billy Graham. You have no clue. Because I can tell you, Pastor Joe had Levi Lesko in his youth. He told me Levi was one of the hardest guys I ever had in my youth. <laughs> he was a pain. And he goes, and now look at him. He's doing harvest. He's planted the church up in Montana. The church is doing great. You never know what God is going to do with somebody. But you do what God has called you to do. You've heard of Christ, right? You've learned Christ. You've heard of Christ. You've been taught Christ. Now you teach it to somebody else. And stop putting on the old man or woman. Leave those things dead. Put the shovel down. Walk away from it, right? And start walking in the new creation that you are. That's what all of this is. And the remainder of these verses are, are things that you're, Paul is going to tell you. This has to be put off. This has to be put on. This behavior has to go. This has to, this has to be put on. Well, that concludes today's broadcast of Sun, Salt, and Light Radio. We hope that you enjoyed it. If you'd like to submit a prayer request or get in contact with us or find out service times, you can do all of that at our website, uh, as well as get uh, our podcast at Spotify, Audible, TuneIn Radio. Pretty much wherever you can find a podcast, uh, you, you can just type in Sun, Salt, and Light, and you'll find it. 